When you stop and think about all that's going on today in the good old USA, you might think that there are only two sides to every story. With over 330 million citizens, there are actually many more sides to our American story. On this program, I provide you with a different point of view. Mine. This is The Truth Hurts, a program where I exercise my First Amendment right to free speech by providing you with information. Hopefully, you will absorb this knowledge, stop, and actually think about the issues, the facts, and the general state of our American story. I'm Steve Z, and this is the Truth Hurts Program. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the end of Monday, October 26th, 2020, with eight days left to go before the most important presidential election of your lifetime. It's your host, Steve Z, and this is the Truth Hurts program. We're driving back from southwest Louisiana, back to our base north of New Orleans, and we are just amazed at the stupidity that is allowed to spew forth from the mouth of gropey, mopey, dopey Joe Biden. You know, Joe Biden was giving a speech in which he tried to say that four more years of George, George, uh, George, wait, who the hell's the president again? You know he meant George Bush or George W. Bush because his mind is wandering back to a time where there was a George in the White House. And hell, Biden's so old, he might be talking about George Washington. Anywho, he said it twice, and then he couldn't still remember Donald Trump's name. I think someone mouthed the words or held up a cue card or something, and finally later in his conversation, he said Trump. But the fact that this man, at this late stage of a presidential campaign, that he has been running now, for over a year, the late stages of a presidential campaign, Joe Biden, you're running for president, Joe, not Senate. And you're running against Donald J. Trump, not George. Not George Stephanopoulos, not George Jetson, not George Washington, not George Washington Carver, not George Bush, not George W. Bush. You're running against Donald Trump. Okay, so now we've got that figured out. He also made the mistake of saying that he and his campaign, the Biden campaign, has embarked on the largest election fraud group in the nation's history. In other words, he announced, he admitted, not really, but he just doesn't realize what he's saying, but what he said was that the Biden campaign has embarked upon setting up the most wide-ranging and widespread voter fraud organization in the nation's history. Now, now you know what that sounds like. Yep, I'm admitting it. We're getting ready to do massive voter fraud, the largest amount of voter fraud in the nation's history. And it came out of the mouth of gropey Joe Biden. It's no wonder they've hidden him away in his basement. Now, I think they refilled his Adderall prescription because he is scheduled to possibly make a campaign stop in Georgia in the next couple of days ahead of the election. But unless there's a teleprompter, Adderall, and his poor wife, Dr. Jill Biden, guiding him, telling him where to stand, telling him where to put his hands, handing him Cliff's notes, and other giveaways, things to do, orders, instructions, repetition, sign language, whispers to his ear. Folks, Joe Biden does not know where he is. Joe Biden does not know what office he's running from. I apologize. I'm on the interstate right now. There's a travel trailer in the right lane being towed by a wrecker. And the wrecker driver wrote in erasable blue Sharpie or something, a dry erase marker, in tow. T-O-E, in tow. So, you have that. 
Of course it's a trailer. Of course it's always going to be in tow if it's on the road. Also a low boy pulling what looks like about a 1965 Prevost bus, a big bus that was converted into a motorhome. It looks like it was folded in half or maybe chopped in half by a tree. And it's on a low boy flatbed trailer and it too says in tow. I don't know why I found that funny, but it's damn funny because a trailer on the highway has to be in tow. It can't drive itself. Anyway, back to gropey Joe Biden. Dr. Jill Biden, if you look at the last couple of speeches given by Joe Biden, his wife, the poor woman, I don't know what they have on the Bidens. I don't know what they've offered them. I don't know what the deal is, but she has to actually move him around like a four-year-old in Biddy football in Pop Warner. They're picking him up and moving him to the spot in which he is supposed to stand. And they're saying, stay, Joe, stay. Look at the teleprompter. Read what's on the teleprompter, Joe. Don't say anything except for what's on the teleprompter. And when you get lost, just put your hand up, make a little hand gesture, and we'll rewind the teleprompter message so that you'll know what to say. It's a shame. It really is a shame that they've done that to this poor man. Remember, he didn't even want to run. But the so-called moderates on the Democrat Party, those who didn't want crazy Bernie and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, those who didn't want Rashida Tlaib or Ilhan Omar, those who wanted to get rid of the likes of Chuckle Schumer and naughty, nasty Nancy Pelosi, you know, some of those more moderate down-the-middle Democrats, they saw Joe Biden as the alternative to their extreme wacko radical left. And so they convinced him, knowing his mental health was in decline, knowing he was suffering from senility or outright, downright Alzheimer's. They forced this man who was still mourning the death of his son and having to endure with his other son, the cocaine addict, fondling and fooling and effing around with the widow of his late son, Bo Biden, the former attorney general of his state. Yes, I guess the family that hangs together, swangs together. <laughs> but anyhow, so they got gropey Joe, the big man, taking his 10% cut of the protection money, the hush money, the extortion, the bribery, whatever other scheme is going on there with foreign influence peddling. You know, if you don't fire the prosecutor looking into Hunter Biden's very questionable dealings in the Ukraine with Burisma Gas Company, if you don't fire that prosecutor looking into those unethical dealings, I, the Vice President of the United States, Joseph R. Biden, I am going to withhold $1 billion in United States taxpayer aid to your nation. But you, you can't do that, Mr. Biden. You're not the president. And he held out his cell phone. He says, here, go ahead and call him. He knows what's going on. Basically, Barack Hussein Obama knows what's going on. He's pulling the strings here. And I'm telling you, if you don't fire that prosecutor, I'm getting on a plane in six hours. If that prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the billion. And son of a bitch, they fired the prosecutor. Now, this isn't something your host, Steve Z, is making up. This isn't something Sean Hannity pulled out of his hat. This isn't something Rush Limbaugh said from his cancer treatment while under influence of cancer drugs. This isn't something Michael Berry said on a regional afternoon program out of Houston. This is Joe Biden's own words from his own word hole, from his own mouth. If you don't fire the prosecutor, I'm getting on a plane in six hours. If you don't fire him, by the time I get on the plane, you're not getting the billion. As if it was his money to throw around. 
It was your money, folks. It was my money. It was our hard-earned tax dollars that you and I pay, while 30 to 45% of our country refuse to pay, don't pay. They refuse to go to work, so they don't have to pay taxes. That's your money. And Joe Biden took a billion dollars of your money and my money, and he leveraged it in an extortion scheme to fire a prosecutor who was looking into the dealings of his crooked son, the cocaine addict, the crackhead. Matter of fact, while Hunter was out on one of his binges, or out doing some hookahs, he had problems with one of his laptop computers. So like an idiot, he turned that laptop over to a computer repair shop. Seems reasonable, right? But then he forgot about it. He forgot it at the computer repair shop. He forgot it. And after a period of time, unclaimed merchandise will be sold. That happens at just about any computer repair shop, auto repair shop. You leave your Buick at Joe Bob's auto mechanic shop for a long, long period of time and Joe Bob tries and tries and tries to call you and you never call him back. Joe Bob takes title of your vehicle and he sells it at auction or he fixes it up and sells it on his own lot. It's perfectly legal. So the computer repair shop, as part of their protocol, as far as I'm, I'm sure any computer repair shop is doing, when you bring in a computer to be worked on and the, you run the risk of wiping out the hard drive, this very intelligent, smart computer repair shop owner made a copy of the hard drive. And I guess when you're doing your computer repairs and you see a picture of the son of the Vice President of the United States with a crack pipe, you know, illegal drugs, you do your civic duty and you call the FBI, which is what this computer shop owner did. He called the Federal Bureau of Investigations and he said, hey, I got something here you fellas might be interested in. It's a picture of the Vice President of the United States passed out with a crack pipe on his face. Here's some pictures of him with drugs. Here's a picture of him with some prostitutes. Prostitutes illegal, right, in certain states? Like squeaky clean New Hampshire, Delaware, Vermont, Maine, Connecticut? You know, up there in the Northeast? I think prostitution's probably illegal. So anyway, I digress. Hunter Biden's computer ends up in the hands of the FBI. Now, you don't know who at the FBI you can trust these days. After all, there was that whole Mueller fella, remember? There was that whole James Comey fella, remember? There was Peter Strzok, Lisa Page, remember? So who do you trust? And the FBI sat on this for quite some time. I'm sure they did some forensic testing and analysis to determine whether or not this truly was Hunter Biden's physical laptop computer. I'm sure they matched model number and serial number to the claim check that was given to Hunter Biden when he turned in his computer. And maybe he wasn't on drugs. Maybe he's as senile as his daddy. Maybe little Hunter Biden doesn't remember turning in his laptop computer because he's senile, he's demented, he's got Alzheimer's, but more likely because he was on crack, cocaine, or the powder. One way or the other, his laptop ended up in the hands of the FBI. Now first, the Bidens decided to say, oh, it's not our computer, it must be Russian and meddling, Russian interference, it's not our computer. But then Hunter Biden made the mistake of calling that computer repair shop and saying, Can I have my laptop back? Really, I'd like to have my laptop back now, please. Thank you very much. Admitting it's his laptop. See, you can't have it both ways, Democrats, like you try to do all in all things. It's either your laptop and you want it back, which is what you said, or you do what your optics manager, your campaign managers say, deny it. It's not ours. Just say it's not yours. Blame it on, uh, blame it on somebody else. Blame it on the Russians. The problem is, Gropy Joe and his brother Jim Biden 
and his son Hunter Biden and the rest of the Biden clan, they're all deeply, heavily involved with and in bed with, that's right, you guessed it, the Russians. But not just the Russians, not Russia proper, not just Russia proper, but the stands. You know, this a stand, that a stand, the stands. And of course, the Ukraine, where Hunter Biden got a cushy $50 to $83,000 a month deal to sit on the board of directors of the National Gas Company, a corrupt organization that was being investigated for its corruption by a prosecutor that Joe Biden said, if you don't fire this prosecutor, you don't get a billion dollars in U.S. tax aid. So you see, you see where we are? It's all coming full circle, jerks. So Joe Biden and his team come out and say, we have no dealings whatsoever with Hunter Biden. None and his business dealings. We have no dealings with him. But now, Hunter Biden's own business partner has come out and said, yep, of course he did. And the big guy that gets 10% off the top, that's Joe Biden. You know, the big guy that runs the Biden organization. What's funny about this whole thing is CNN, back during the primaries, when all the Democrats were fighting to see who would get to the top of the Democrat heap, Democrat pile of crap that Joe sits on right now, and Camel Toe Harris sits right under him. Yeah, that Democrat primary, if you recall, CNN uncovered what they called Biden Inc., Biden Incorporated. And they were getting ready to run with that entire corruption scheme, all of Biden's family ties to this country and that country. Remember Jim Biden, Joe's brother, with zero knowledge of construction, zero knowledge of engineering, zero knowledge of Middle Eastern affairs. That guy, Jim Biden, well, he got a lucrative contract doing construction projects in Iran with the assistance of United States tax dollars. You heard me right. Look it up. CNN was going to run with the story when they thought Bernie Sanders or Focahontas was going to be the nominee. They were getting ready to use that information against Gropey Joe. But as time whittled away and the clock wound down and Joe Biden became the nominee, somehow, magically, all of that information has disappeared from the CNN folks. Oh, and uh, as a side note, I think CNN has either or they are getting ready to terminate a high-ranking member of CNN because their ratings suck. Now, you can bash Fox News all you want, folks. I don't watch them, actually. I really do not watch them. I've got a brother who swears by God that I wake up in the morning, flip on Fox News, and then listen to Glenn Beck for three hours, and then Rush Limbaugh for three hours, and Sean Hannity for three hours. Listen, folks, I have a job, and that job requires a lot of my attention. But in addition to that job, folks, I also do this program, which takes time. It takes time. And as such, I don't have time to sit and listen to and watch other network programming. I do my own research. So anyway, what I was saying about Fox News is, like them or hate them, Fox News, Fox News Channel, has more viewership, more listenership, Then CNN, ABC, NBC, MSNBC, CNBC, put together. Sorry for the silence, folks. A little technical glitch here, but we are back. Let's change the topic just for a moment or two. 
Litter. There's a compulsion to people who choose to throw stuff out of the windows of their vehicles. Perhaps when they were a child, their father said, don't carry anything extra in the car, young man or young woman. It takes down the gas mileage. Back during the Democrat presidency of Jimmy Carter and the falsified fake news that was the so-called energy crisis. Remember during Jimmy Carter when they said we were going to run out of gas by the year, oil and gas by the year 1985? The world was going to be thrust back into the Stone Age because we weren't going to have enough oil to make gasoline for our vehicles. There wasn't going to be heating oil for the people in the north. They were going to freeze to death. It's the same type of hype, the same type of fake news, the same false narrative of climate change that they're foisting upon you now. It's been going on all the way back in my lifetime to 1973. The only bad thing going against the United States other than the Jimmy Carter presidency back in the 70s was the Vietnam War. And the reason the Vietnam War dragged on and on and on is because of, I hate to say it, the military-industrial complex. We'll enrich our buddies and enrich our friends by selling arms and munitions to both sides. And we'll keep this war going. Ah, who cares if we lose tens of thousands of young American men? That'll just have fewer men around. And that means maybe, just maybe, the ugly chicks will get laid. Did I say that? Yeah, I guess I did. <clears throat> anyway, so the Vietnam War was about the only bad thing in the 1960s. Think about it. We had the Civil Rights Act. We had the Voting Rights Act. We had a pretty damn good economy going. And then Jimmy Carter got in office as a Democrat and effed the whole damn thing up, manufacturing a phony energy crisis. But everybody says, Jimmy Carter's one of the smartest men on planet Earth. Yeah, they also say Hillary Clinton's the smartest woman on earth. So, I guess you got to figure out where they're getting their definition of smartest. I'll say this. The fastest human being on earth, let's just say it's Usain Bolt, is slow when compared to a cheetah. You can tell me all day long that Hillary Clinton is the smartest woman on earth, and I'll find a thousand women online who are smarter than her. You can tell me that Jimmy Carter was the smartest man on earth. I'll show you a thousand men online who are smarter than Jimmy Carter. It's all about location, location, location. But I digress. Jimmy Carter was the president during the hoax, the the Borat of his time told Jimmy Carter, we ain't got no more oil. Raise the prices. And a lot of people made a lot of money off of the energy crisis. Namely, mainly, the energy companies, because they got to raise their prices. They knew where the oil was. Hell, they were dumping 18-wheeler loads, 30 and 40,000 gallons at a time of gasoline out in the deserts because they had so much of a glut of gasoline that they ran out of storage tanks to put it in. Now, if you're too young to remember this, ask your mommy and daddy. Ask your grandmother and grandfather. Ask anyone who was around who sat in a gasoline line for five gallons of rationed fuel. In Louisiana, if your license plate number ended in an even number, you were allowed to line up at a gas station. And by the way, there were no 24-hour Jiffy Marts back then. The gas stations that stayed open the latest were 7-Elevens. They opened at 7 in the morning and they closed at 11 at night. That's how they got their name. Most of your other gas stations were open from 6 a.m. till about 6 p.m., 5.30, 6 o'clock. It's just the way it worked. That's the way things were back then. We didn't have the convenience of 24-hour, non-stop, round-the-clock gasoline and fast food and all the other conveniences you young whippersnappers have these days. No sirree, Bob. Give me another Werther's original. Let me sit there and 
play some pinochle and eat some Cracker Jacks. <clears throat> anyway, so back then you'd line up, and for my mom and dad, it was sometimes as early as four in the morning. They'd go sit in line so that they could get five gallons worth of fuel put in their big honking 30-gallon tank F-150 pickup or the big Chevy Impala or the big who whatever, the Oldsmobile Delta 88, the Olds 98, the Cadillac Fleetwood Brougham, the Elegance, the Dodge Diplomat. We these cars with these giant V8 engines and four-barrel carburetors that got 12 miles to the gallon at best. And you were allowed five gallons of fuel Monday, Wednesday, Friday, people with even-numbered license plates. The last plate number on your license plate was an even number. If you had an odd number, you got to get your five gallons of rationed gasoline on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. Because most of these places were closed on Sunday. And back then, you didn't even pump your own fuel. A guy would come out, and he would pump your fuel... Another guy would clean your windshield, open your hood, check your oil, check your air filter, make sure everything looked okay under the hood. He'd check your belts and your hoses, add a little windshield washer uh, fluid to your windshield reservoir. That was service back then. And gasoline prices shot from 49 to 59 cents a gallon all the way up to, heaven forbid, a dollar plus per gallon. In some places like California and Hawaii, $2. But you still could only get five gallons because they rationed the amount of fuel each vehicle was allowed to get. Now some crafty folks, not my mom and dad, they played by the rules, but some crafty folks would take mom's license plate off of her car that ended in an even number, and they'd get her five gallons, and they'd go swap her plate over and Put it on dad's car. Now, like I said, this did not happen in our house. I'm just using the names mom and dad. My dad was too squeaky clean. He wanted to run for school board president or something, so he would never do anything like that. And mom, I don't think she'd have thought of something like that. She probably wouldn't have allowed it. But some crafty moms and dads out there did. They'd take mom's odd number plate and fill up her car and then put that odd number plate on dad's car and go get five gallons on Monday. And then on Tuesday, they'd do the same thing in reverse. They'd put the even number plate from dad's car and he'd fill his up. And then mom could go and put five, not fill it up, but five gallons. And then mom could put five gallons in the car after they swapped the license plates. So if you didn't do much driving, if you weren't planning on going uh, on a vacation, for example, which pretty much wasn't happening because no one had enough fuel to get anywhere, but... If you put in five gallons on Monday and Wednesday and Friday and Tuesday and Thursday and Saturday, and you didn't drive very far, you could fill up a 30-gallon tank each week. Not too bad. And Dad could do the same, right? It all turned out to be a hoax, a lie, a fabrication, a false narrative, fake news, you know, like a phony dossier or Russian hacking. Fake news. For it was discovered that oil company executives in cahoots with certain political figures made up the entire lie, the entire thing. They did so to raise prices. And so gasoline prices rose, as did profits for oil companies, who had, like I said, literally filled up every storage tank in the nation. And it really wasn't costing them any more to manufacture the gasoline. Profits went through the roof. The Kennedy family, you know, the standard oil folks, they profited immensely from the manufactured, phony, fake news, false energy crisis of Democrat President Jimmy Carter. It was his ultimate undoing. And now we have Hunter Biden's laptop, a physical electronic device dropped off in exchange for a claim check by Hunter Biden himself and he was either too stoned or too senile to remember that he had dropped his laptop off at the repair shop and then 
the repair shop, turned it over to the FBI. And they found all this stuff about Hunter Biden. His illegal, his unethical, his immoral, all of his illegal, unethical, and immoral dealings. All of his shady crap. And of course, his direct ties to his father, touchy-feely, mopey-dopey-gropey Joe Biden. There's a whole lot of other adjectives that go in there. I just don't have the time or desire. And now the news media, who was so very quick to jump on Donald Trump's false Russian hoax, false collusion narrative with zero evidence, knowing that there was a sham, fake, phony dossier that led to illegal FISA warrants and spying on the Trump presidential campaign in 2016. They had literally nothing concrete. And the media, ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, MSNBC, CNBC, the New York Slimes, the Washington Compost, the LA paper, the Chicago paper, the Detroit paper, They all took the ball and they ran with it. And they spent three and a half years, including a failed impeachment attempt and several silent coup attempts to take down a duly elected president of the United States based on zero evidence. Zero. Not a single corroborated piece of evidence. Not a single verified document. Just a made-up story. And they literally invested three and a half years morally bankrupting any semblance of true journalistic ethics in our nation, destroying journalism as a profession, a once honorable profession, as I might add. They did all of this to try and unseat a president. And after three years and 11 months of try and fail, try and fail, try and fail, they're at it again. And now that the tables are turned, boys and girls, now that we have physical, concrete evidence pointing directly to a collusion, corruption, extortion scheme grandfathered by gropey, mopey, dopey Joe Biden before he lost his mental faculties. They refused to report on it, saying, we don't have enough evidence. We don't have concrete evidence. A little birdie told us in the men's room of the Capitol that this might be Russian interference again. Yawn. Yawn some more. Bored. But that's where we are. We're to the point right now where journalists, journalists in the United States of America have lost every ounce of credibility. They've become mouthpieces for the Democrat Party. They've become nothing more than propaganda peddlers, pushers of progressive propaganda. That's what they've done. They have abandoned all ethics, all morality, they're gone. There is no more journalism in the United States. It's just an anti-Trump war machine. Another cog in the machinery, another gear in the gearbox. And it is a damned shame that our country has allowed this to happen. But then again, what are you going to do? Start your own network? Fox tried it. And of course, anybody what watches that our Fox News must be a no-tooth backwoods hillbilly hayseed deplorable with a damn red MAGA hat on that don't know his butt from a hole in the wall. That's what they think of you. That's what the Democrats, that's what the liberal, progressive, socialist crowd, the northeastern United States academia crowd, those well-read and well-educated, artsy-fartsy progressives, those who embrace the LGBTQRST lifestyle, 
the aberrant and abhorrent lifestyles of the altered Americans. And then they also use, shamelessly, use and abuse the 13% A minority crowd, claiming that the United States is systemically racist, claiming that the United States, through the Democrats, can be the savior of these A 13% minority crowds. That's what they claim every four years. And the Democrat AA 13% minority crowd falls for it each and every time. Each and every time they fall for it. The Democrats promise the minority crowd, oh, we're going to do this for you. Oh, we're going to do that for you. And just like sheep, the 13% AA minority crowd falls for it, falls in line, and nothing happens. The Democrats do nothing for these people whatsoever. Nothing. Nothing whatsoever. And then four more years go by, they make some more promises, and the Democrats make promises again and do nothing for the people yet again. those thoughts that are eating away at your brains? Steve Z is letting them out. Refreshing, isn't it? This is the Truth Hurts program. A couple of other quick thoughts before I call it quits for the day. What happened to all of the George Floyd protests? Whatever happened to murder hornets? What happened to Black Lives Matter? I guess it's as I said before, and I'll say again, Black Lives Matter only matters when it's a political stunt to garner people to the Democrat National Committee, to get more funding, to get more donations. Just like I've said a million times before, I'll say again, those black lives do not matter this close to an election when they think gropey Joe Biden is very, very far ahead. You haven't heard much about BLM, Antifa, riots and protests. They're not important to the Democrats right now. They've got other fish to fry, like hiding Joe Biden from the Hunter Biden laptop debacle, from the hookers, from the drugs, from the connections to foreign sources like China, the Ukraine, Russia, and the stands. That's what is important right now to the Democrats. Certainly not Black Lives Matter. Or you'd be hearing more about it. I just thought I'd mention that. You guys, hey, get a great afternoon, and we'll talk to you next time. Sorry, folks, went out on a tangent there. We're supposed to be talking about littering and how disgusting it is. There's something in the psyche of a person who decides that they cannot stand to see that empty snack wrapper or that empty soft drink bottle or that empty cigarette pack or that napkin or that toothpick or that cigarette butt sitting there. It's like it's tormenting them. It's taunting them saying, you should not be carrying me. You must get rid of me now. I'm still here. I'm still here. You're finished with that Snickers bar, but I'm the rapper and I'm still here. Ah, you're finished with that Diet Coke. I'm still here, the empty bottle. You know I'm driving you insane. Go ahead. Nobody's looking. 
Roll down the window. Just toss me out. You'll be lightening the load. Even though gas prices are extremely low right now, thanks to a Trump economy, just saying. But go ahead, nobody's looking. Just throw the bottle out. We can watch it bounce in the mirror. It can bounce on the, the, the concrete or the pavement behind you. It's really cool to watch. I'm still here. Come on. It's just one little bottle. It's just one little wrapper. Just one cigarette butt. Man, what's it going to hurt? You know, that paper might be biodegradable. Just think, some ants or some other bugs might get to take the residue off of that fried chicken wrapper. Those fries, just toss them out. The birds will eat them. You're doing your part. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm telling you, it's, it's like a sickness with some people. They cannot stand to look down at that cup holder and see an empty bottle. They can't stand to look in the little garbage bag that they have hanging from their center console and have something in it. They can't wait till the next gas station to just throw it in a receptacle there next to the fuel pumps. They can't wait till they get home and toss it in their own garbage can, for Christ's sake. The reason I started to talk about this in the middle of the last segment was because I watched an idiot in a white pickup truck, four-door pickup truck with ladders on the roof rack, the ladder rack on the back of the truck, and a bunch of construction equipment sitting in the bed of the truck. The first guy slid open the very back window, a little slider window, right behind the head of the center rear passenger, and he tossed a beer can right back into the bed of the truck. And at 75 miles an hour, guess where their beer can didn't stay? It did not stay in the bed of the pickup truck. Instead, it flew out and almost hit me, almost hit my vehicle. And that's what set me off at that moment in time. That's what made me want to start talking about the idiots that choose to litter because they don't have the patience, the common sense, or the raw intelligence to take that garbage home and dispose of it properly. That poor old Indian fella. Feather, not dot. Remember the guy with the two feathers and the war paint and the leather-fringed Indian outfit? They're called Native Americans now. No, they're not, Steve. They're called indigenous peoples of this land. Oh, you mean more accurately, indigenous peoples of this stolen land? Yeah, that. No. They're Indians, because that's what the first settlers to the New World called them. Because they thought they had landed in <laughs> India. Anyhow, this Indian fellow, when I was a kid, would come on a public service announcement on television, and he'd be walking along a roadway and some joker would throw out a piece of paper crumpled up, you know, litter, onto the side of the road, and it landed at the Indian's feet. And he just looked into the camera, and a tear rolled down his cheek. As if to say, you white folks sure is messing up my land. It was an anti-litter campaign. And you know, there is absolutely no reason to litter. None. Now, your, your vehicle has plenty of room. Unless you're on an episode of Super Hoarders, your vehicle has plenty of room driving down this highway to hang on to that damn can or that bottle or that bag or that wrapper or that cigarette. But... But no. Some people just have to, compelled to compulsion, just an itch, a yearning, a craving, a deep-seated desire to open their window and toss it out onto the roadway. It truly is dumb. But it was just a toothpick. Toothpicks are wood. They're biodegradable. I got an idea. Give me your home address. No, no, no. Just just send it to me. Private message me. Home address. 
I will personally come and I will throw into your front yard all the trash that I've accumulated today in my six hours and 45 minutes on the road. I'll just toss it in front of your house. But it's just a toothpick. I don't smoke, so I can't say it's just a cigarette butt, but it's just just a toothpick. It's just a Coca-Cola can. It's just a whatever. Just a just a hang on a second folks I think I might be seeing karma at its best nope just a fellow with a flat tire it's dark now 7.16pm it's dark oh speaking of dark before I forget this weekend coming is Halloween if your democrat mayor hasn't stopped your city from holding Halloween the kids should be able to put on a magic mask and go trick-or-treating like they've done for hundreds of years. But it is Halloween weekend and we have to do two very important things. Number one is make damn sure you save me some of the good chocolate. And number two and probably slightly more important is we fall backwards. Not like Joe Biden on stage. We fall backwards as far as time. For daylight savings time ends this weekend. So Saturday night, boys and girls, before you go to bed, push that clock back one hour. One hour. Which means it's going to be getting darker earlier than what you're accustomed to. Instead of getting dark at 6.30 p.m. It's going to get dark at 5.30 p.m. Which means those little kids who are used to playing out of doors for two to three hours after school. (laughs) I can't even say that with a straight face. Kids don't play outside anymore. Okay, well, let's keep it going here. Those kids who are used to playing outside for three hours after they get off of home from school at 3.30 are accustomed to doing 4.30, 5.30, 6.30 outside. Yeah, right. And now it's going to be dark at 6.30 in many parts of the country. So they'll only have two hours of light and one hour in the dark. Ah, here we go again. The morons in this nation are unbelievable. Are you kidding me? Another idiot on the road. Not only did this idiot, is he driving in a 70 mile an hour zone at 55 miles an hour with no working taillights, the moron is texting and driving, as is his passenger. Neither one of them are looking at the road. And one of them, in the backseat passengers, one of the backseat passengers just tossed litter out of the window. I'm telling you, where are the cops when you need them? Well, I can tell you where the cops are. In New Orleans. In New Orleans, they are now enforcing a $500 fine for people driving in the city. Excuse me. For people walking around in the city without a magic face mask. You heard me right. The Democrat mayor of New Orleans, Mayor LaToilet Cantrell, I'll give her some credit. Keeping the city somewhat shut down. Limiting the No Fun League Superdome activities to zero fans for the beginning of the No Fun League season this year has kept the numbers of COVID cases in the city comparatively low compared to other Democrat-run cities in the country of the same or similar size. But she's taken it one step further. Not only has New Orleans flattened the curve, it's not only been flattened, but it's actually been in deep decline, the numbers and the percentages of new COVID cases. Suddenly, right before the election, she made the unconscious decision, LaToilet Cantrell did, to require universal mask mandates in the city of New Orleans. When asked of one of her city's administrative spokespeople. Does this include driving? 
riding a bicycle or a motorcycle? Of course, the Democrat answer is, we'll get back to you on that. So instead of cops enforcing speed laws, drunk driving laws, litter laws, you know, the really unimportant things, instead of um, talking about murder, rape, carjacking, drugs, trafficking, the really, really important things, the diminished ranks of the New Orleans Police Department are now engaged in apprehending and fining people for not wearing a magic mask. Yeah, they're not really going to jail, but if you're seen without your magic mask and you resist an officer, and you get smart-ass with an officer, your ass might end up in jail. Sorry, Louisiana roads are quite noisy and quite bumpy. It's because they're built on gumbo. Hey, listen, folks, I've been rambling for quite some time, and I know you've got better things to do. Remember, after tonight, it's Tuesday, which means one week to go to the most important election of your lifetime, the choice between keeping America a great nation, a free Republican representative democracy, or turning it into a socialist, Marxist, communist, government-run, chicken-in-every-pot, paid for the poor chickens, paid for by the few rich chickens till they realize there aren't enough rich chickens around, then they start going after you, the middle-class chickens, to give up more and more and more of your hard-earned money to people who refuse to work, refuse to contribute to, refuse to participate in this great nation. Sorry for the poor sound quality today. Coming to you from the front seat of the old pickup truck as I travel down some of the crappiest roads in the country, South Louisiana. This is the Truth Hurts program. We will see you next time. You have been listening to the Truth Hurts program with your host, Steve Z. Thank you for listening. We hope that this presentation has enlightened you to the things that may have been hidden from you. This is where we bring darkness to light, turn fiction into reality, and exercise our First Amendment right to free speech. Here is where the double standard is exposed and displayed for all to see. We sincerely hope that we've helped you to open your eyes to what's going on in the real world. The Truth Hurts program is produced at Studio 63 in Bayou Country in affiliation with Steve Knight Productions. Background music by Jason Shaw and Audionautics. No animals were harmed in the making of this program. It is fact. It is real. It is truth. And sometimes the truth hurts.